of Shakespeare-like exercise. In how do you mean? Well, you know, with exercise, how it's always really hard to start, but once you start, it's not necessarily that bad. And then you're glad that you're doing it, and then you're glad you've done it? Usually. I hear you. Kia ora, hello, and welcome to this episode of Play Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Duncan. And I'm also your host, Alison Horsley. And we're both dramaturgs, meaning we read a lot of plays. We've likely read the plays you feel you should have, but didn't. And that's where Play Notes comes in. And today, we're starting a block of three problematic Shakespeare plays. That are Italian. Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Why are they problematic, Emily? We've identified that all of them have problematic themes and issues within them to a degree. And I think both of us question to a degree whether they still need to be staged. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But my, you know, they still do get staged. They do indeed. And disclaimer, this is our opinion. We're not, we're not shaming people, telling people they shouldn't stage them necessarily. But there's a lot to think about if you do stage them. And we're here to help you think about those things. And, and the three plays that you very likely will have heard of. Yep. Um, so it's, it's good to have some sort of background to them. Yeah. So our very first play is... Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Supposedly the greatest love story ever told. Yeah. Jury's still out on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Romeo and Juliet. We've all heard of it. Uh, Yeah. We've all heard of it. We probably read it in high school. Emily Duncan, do you want to start us out with the beginning of the play? I was going to read the prologue because it essentially... um, summarizes the whole play okay shoot and, and before i start though i should say the the prologue is delivered by the chorus and we met the chorus i've heard of a chorus the, before. yeah you did when did i hear of those when last? we talked about the greek tragedies yes that's right yes yeah, so this is someone talking directly to the audience um and they're going to be talking in the form of a sonnet a shakespearean sonnet oh and then we'll talk about what that is afterward but you want to hit us with okay. some acting i'm gonna training? try yeah 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 okay Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona where we lay our scene, from ancient grudge break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life, whose misadventured piteous overthrows doth with their death bury their parents' strife. The fearful passage of their death-marked love, and the continuance of their parents' rage, which, but their children's end, naught could remove, is now the two-hour traffic of our stage. The which, if you with patient ears attend, what here shall miss, our, our toil shall strive to mend. But what happens in the play, Emily? <gasps> <laughs> and how long will it take? Two hours. Okay. Supposedly, if you deliver it at a clip. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we... So You'd be the, more practiced than I was reading that. That's okay, you were wonderful. So this, so the prologue of Romeo and Juliet is what's known as a Shakespearean sonnet, mm-hmm. um, which means that it has a rhyme scheme of A-B-A-B, C-D-C-D, E-F-E-F, G-G. So hard on that last couplet. Yeah, the rhyming couplet. You may have heard that term before. 
Yeah, and the language in the rest of the play is mostly uh, rhyme and also some prose. Or it's all, it's mostly a blank verse or iambic pentameter that sometimes rhymes, sometimes doesn't, and then also prose. The part I just read there, that is an example of iambic pentameter, which essentially means five da-doms, right? Okay, to hit us da-dum, with da-dum, the... Da-dum, 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 da-dum. Great. And that is also known as like ten syllables. Yes. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's five iams, five da-dums. Okay, five, okay. Which has a similar rhythm to a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. So what's the what's the difference between the characters who speak in the da-dums and the characters who do not speak in the da-dums? Well, there isn't a hard and fast rule. So the da-dums, the iambic pentameter, that's what that's what most of the plays are written as. But occasionally you'll come across characters speaking in prose. Ah, and now might be a good way to segue into the characters. Yeah, the characters. Who populate the two hours traffic on our stage. stage. Do you like that? Yeah. Okay. So with the two main groups um, we need to know about, mm-hmm. there's the Montague family, mm-hmm. of whom... Romeo is a member. Yep. I'm talking slowly because I'm expecting myself to trip up and get it wrong. You're doing so, no, great. Okay, I'm good, looking good. right at okay. you. <laughs> so Romeo Montague and his friends, and amongst his team, he's got Mercutio. Yeah. Yep. Uh, who else has he got on his side, Alison? Uh, he has his parents on his, his parents, side. Of course, Lord and Lady Montague. Uh, he's got Benvolio Bolio, yeah, on his, his side. Good friend. So they're the main players on that they're side. They're his kinsmen slash friends. Yeah. Uh, and then he's also he's also pretty tight with Friar Lawrence as well. Yes, the Friar Lawrence also goes lives both between ways. the two. He goes both ways. <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll do a job for you if you need him. Yes, <laughs> he can get poison. Yeah. He can marry you. Yeah, anyway. and then the other family are the Capulets. Yes. So that's Juliet's family, her parents, Lord and Lady Capulet. There's Juliet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also Tybalt, who's her cousin. Yeah, he's got some fiery temperament to him. Yeah, and there's the guy Paris, who she's going to betrothed to, she's meant to marry. Yeah, and he's related to the Duke of Verona, so he's 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 got some connections. Yeah. And, and she has a nurse. Yeah. Who's not like not like a nurse you'd have in a hospital. It's more like a I was like a nanny, that, but they stay yeah. with you a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. So maybe start as a wet nurse, maybe? Yeah. Not going to get into that. but Yes, yeah. and she talks about that. Yes, yeah, she does. And for people who don't know what a wet nurse is, um, there was a time and place where highborn women did not breastfeed their own children, and so a wet nurse would take care of that business. Um, I don't think there's any suggestion in the play that Juliet is still receiving services. (laughs) Just emotionally. But the nurse just brings it up. (laughs) Yeah, she does. She likes to hold that over. Yeah, Yeah. so the nurse is pretty pretty invested in Juliet. Okay, so we have Team Montague, and then we have Team Capulet. And they really hate each other. They hate each other big time, generations and generations of hate. So they they hate each other so much that they actually start the play... In a street fight where Montagues and Capulets are fighting each other. Yeah, the so-called greatest love story of all time. Big starts, street fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Starts and with a big fight. Yeah. And, and the Duke has to come in and... Yeah, the Duke has to come in and be like, I'm going to kill any... Y'all have to stop the fighting. Mm-hmm. Please keep the peace. If I find you fighting again, yeah. um, I will I, I will put you to death, Whoever whoever's doing the fighting. So that's what kind of starts the whole thing. Should we, should we mention briefly how they actually Romeo and Juliet meet? Because yeah. they, they don't know each other at the start of the play. Correct. 
Juliet doesn't get out much. No, she doesn't. She's her family is pretty strict, and mm. also she's thirteen, so um, not super common for the thirteen-year-old girls of Verona to be cruising the streets by themselves. Uh, unlike. It apparently is quite common for roving bands of boys in their teens to be roving the streets together, as is evidenced with Romeo and Benvolio. Who has been doing so? Romeo's been doing quite a bit of roving. Yeah, yeah. There's been a young lady who's caught his eye, actually. And so, yeah, he's he's like rolling with his guys. And they they end up uh, conniving their way into a party being thrown by Juliet's father, Lord Capulet. Mm -hmm. So they get into the hottest party of the year. Fortunately, it's masked. So they're wearing masks. Mm-hmm. They get into the party, and that's when Romeo and Juliet meet. And pretty soon, they just they know who each other is. Are are is yeah, are yeah. Like they, they clock yeah. each other. Yeah, they clock each other. They're like, "You're hot. I'm hot. Let's be hot together." Oh wait, but we're also meant to hate each other. Yeah, so, and that's hot. Yes, right, because we're teenagers. Yeah, and. and- Two minutes ago, Romeo was hot for this other Rosalind, yeah, Rosalind or Rosaline. Yeah, and now he's um, with Juliet. And this has always been one of my issues with the character of Romeo. And what is it? It's just, it's quite fickle. He's well, say, he's like if, sixteen. If the play doesn't end as it does, right? They both die. We're Spoiler allowed to say alert. the play notes. Yeah. That he wouldn't have found someone else. No, that's that's true. Juliet, possibly less like... Well, I mean, technically, by the end of the play, she is engaged to marry Paris because her father's like, I have a great idea, you're going to marry County Paris. And so she's engaged to Paris, mm-hmm. but she carries on this illicit romance with Romeo who, um, spoiler, he kills Juliet's cousin in a street fight because he's avenging the death of his cousin in a, in a slightly prior street fight, uh, and he gets uh, banished, all that stuff. While he's banished, um, he, uh, uh, Juliet's parents are planning for her wedding to Paris. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so just a, just a side note. So I guess she would have found somebody else because Capulet would have married her off. Mm-hmm. But Romeo might have moved on. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. There are very few stage directions in Shakespeare. Right. And when we talk in the next episode more about the theatre, we'll understand a bit more why. But the language, what the characters say, is very descriptive. Um, You might have heard people say, everything you need to know in Shakespeare is in the text or in the words. Yeah. I mean, even like we even know when they kiss, they kiss at the party, Romeo and Juliet kiss at the party. And we know that they, we know they kiss because she says you kiss by the book. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's said right there. So you don't need someone in the stage directions to have said, and they kiss now though. Often later editors would go in and do that just to make it a bit easier, but the plays were written to be performed. Mm -hmm. Who normally speaks in prose in Romeo and Juliet? Uh, well, I mean, I think in general, prose, to my mind, is often spoken more, like, lower status characters. Yeah, Although like the did, nurse yeah, in Romeo nurse, and Juliet yeah, speaks yeah, in a yeah. lot of prose. Often servants and clowns yeah, or, speak in prose. Or people when they're showing a lot of emotional closeness. So, yeah. like, um, so, yeah, when characters are really good friends, sometimes they'll revert to prose. But otherwise, in Romeo and Juliet, most of the love is talked about in, like, rhyming couplets and I am at pentameter. When Romeo and Juliet first meet, they actually, like, complete a sonnet together. It's so cute. <laughs> and, yeah. They so finish each other's sentences. They do. They do. 
Uh, but one thing that we probably should mention is that Shakespeare did not come up with the story. Yes, he's and not so the first one. sort of his parallels with the great tragedies. Yeah. So these are not original stories. Right. But so, it's his spin on it. Yeah, so even though, so we think Romeo and Juliet was written somewhere between 1591 and 1595. Most people put it around 1595. But this was a story that would have been floating around a little bit. Um, so most most of these stories would have come from Italian sources. So this was known as the, the history of Romeo and Juliet that would have been translated into English in the 1560s that Shakespeare would have gotten. And that's kind of the case with all of his plays, or at mm. least a whole bunch of them. So, but there's more about the what, but the how. Yeah, it's the how. It. And in the case of Shakespeare, the how is his character development, his iambic pentameter, the the beautiful language. Mm-hmm. And he was an actor, and so he was able to bring a life through the language and bring characters to life through language like no other playwright at the time, and arguably since, really could, because he was acting and writing at the same time. People still adapt the play in various forms. So West Side Story is a version of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Uh, There was, I think it was... Is there a claymation or an animated film called Nomeo and Juliet? Oh, hell yeah, Nomeo okay. and Juliet. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, of course. If, if you want to see a film version of Romeo and Juliet, the Franco Zeffirelli version is sort of a bit of a classic. Yeah. Though, you know, that's um, back from 1968. I mean, obviously the, the Baz Luhrmann one is also a oh, classic. of course. Yeah. Though I did read Very somewhere... Very stylized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read somewhere that that might have uh, been inspired by a Kiwi production. I oh, read somewhere. Yeah, that okay. had been up in Auckland at okay. one point, so... Not sure on that. So, Emily, you've you've taught... Uh, you've taught teenagers before. Yeah. Uh, you've taught this play. Uh, what, yeah, what are your feelings on this? I would be reluctant to teach it now, be, uh, mainly because of things of uh, youth suicide. Okay. Um, and how it's, uh, can be quite graphically shown on stage. And uh, graphically, um, because how... We, well, we have Juliet dies. Well, first it seems like she has died of natural causes because mm-hmm. she's taken a potion given to her by the friar that makes her look These dead. are not risk-adverse young people. No, no. Which they're they're, they're like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But she, she actually stabs herself to death and Romeo uh, takes poison. The remainder of the poison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, any play, you know, that, that addresses issues such as this, yeah. um, they can have value in terms of uh, how we discuss these issues. Um, but just me personally, it it sits uneasily because of ha- the how, yeah. really. And, um, and the fact that they both die on stage, yeah. that we see them die, mm-hmm. and we see them romanticize dying for the for love. Yes. For, like, young, idealized, romantic love. And, and as I was saying to you before we um, were doing this episode, you know, and we mentioned Romeo. He's such a fickle character he's, as well. Yeah, he's a teenager. The story takes place over such a short amount of time. Um, yeah, and I also get they're the kind of victims of their, their families as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. They, they pay such a heavy price. They do, and it's funny to think of them as star-crossed lovers because, like, I the word lover and a thirteen-year-old girl are two things that do not sit side by side comfortably for me, um, or even in the same like paragraph. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a little bit uneasy, but it's it's known as the greatest love story of all time. La, 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 la. Although on that note, Alison Horsley, we yes. should say that um. You know, you mentioned earlier about the treatment of Juliet. Yeah. You know, she is a 13-year-old girl. Um, we have to remember the context within which it was written. But so it's really hard to empathize with her parents. Yeah, it is. They are very, very strict. Uh, Capulet in particular, uh, whenever, whenever she tries to talk back and essentially take control over her future, Capulet pretty much lays a smackdown. Um, and, and in some productions gets physical with her mm-hmm. as well. And, uh, and she essentially has to bend to his will and literally bow, uh, to him and, um, and say that she will follow his, uh, his, his will, uh, which, and so I think for, for a kid like this, I think we also get into some issues because she feels that the only way out of the situation rather than disappointing her parents and saying, no, I don't want to marry Paris. I'm in love with, with Romeo. Um, like the best way she can get out of this is to procure a, a, a potion that's going to make her look dead. It's so high stakes. Yeah. It's so high stakes. And And then horribly wrong. Yeah. And then presumably. Is that a spider? That is a great big spider. (laughs) It's a spider. (laughs) There's a spider in the studio, everybody. It's okay. At least I know I'm not going crazy or it's not the ghost of Shakespeare coming after me to be like, but it is the greatest love story. Maybe it's a Romeo and Juliet fan. Maybe it is. Anyway. Okay. Arachnophobia aside. Yeah. Yeah. For Juliet, this is the only option of, of, is like to kill herself. And that is, that's... And then, and then that's a tragedy. Lawrence sort of enables her in that. Oh yeah. That's well, a- and then like meanwhile, the nurse is kind of living vicariously through Juliet's love story with mm-hmm. Romeo, and you know that just pisses me off to no end. But it's a great character to play, right? It's it's a wonderful opportunity for an actor, um, but it's it's a it's a problematic character, yeah. you know, in that way. It's a woman who's doing her best, but you know, she and the friar aren't making the best adult dishes, decisions in the world. So on that note, because uh, also we want to catch the spider. Yes, we yeah. do. But we should quickly say what are our favourite parts yes. to it. For me, I think Friar Lawrence just gets really great lines. So you should read the play for that. Yeah. Well, and I think d- despite the fact that sometimes she makes me angry, the nurse has really good lines and she uses uh, terms like scurvy knave and skeins mates and ropery, which is just fabulous. <laughs>